this is episode 745 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, November 6th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Krasnez, and today I'll be talking about Pumpkin Jack, Stories Untold, Chicken Police, Rajay and Ancient Epic, and Airplane Mode. And yeah, this isn't a super exciting episode, though I am excited to talk about some of these games. In fact, I enjoy quite a few of them, the majority in fact, but this is the last episode before the new consoles come out because they are less than a week away now for both. We have the Series X and Series S coming out on Tuesday the 10th and the PlayStation 5 on the 12th. The Thursday of next week. Yes, the Thursday of next week. I had to specify the Thursday. It's not just a Thursday. It is the Thursday. But reviews for both consoles have come out. And it may come as a surprise, but both consoles seem to be pretty good. The PlayStation 5 has the upper hand, I guess, thanks to having a few exclusives at launch. Or not even exclusives, but new games there are still exclusives you have is bug snacks ps5 exclusive i don't know if that's on ps4 but you have miles which is also on ps4 but then you have demon souls which is at the moment only a ps5 game and i think there might be another one of course astro bot whatever it's called which i am very excited about uh, I never got around to playing the VR version, but I always heard great things. And having a non-VR version that is free with the console is super awesome. I don't know how else to put it. It is something that I wish we had more of in this day and age. And I'm kind of surprised by how substantial it apparently is. I've been hearing five-ish hours, and I was expecting more along the lines of two-ish hours. But I'm excited to check that out. I can't I can't think of the last time we've had a pack-in game since Hexic for the 360. I don't think PS3 had anything. I don't think any Nintendo system has had anything. I could be very wrong, but maybe, like maybe the Wii had something that was like, here, this shows you what the controller can do. I don't know. And... I don't think it launched with it, but I guess you could make an argument that PlayStation Home was a something. It was a something, all right. I kind of miss it every now and again. It was like a more polished Second Life, which maybe isn't the most, I don't know, good thing to hear. In Second Life, you want it because of the lack of polish and all the shit that can go on in it. Anywho, new consoles are just about here. I'm excited, and... Because of that, I don't know if y'all are in the same limbo state as I am, but I really don't want to play anything on my Xbox One or PlayStation 4 until these new consoles get here so that I can experience those games, in, in most cases, not always the case, uh, with better performance. You know, there are certain games that are already locked at 30 frames per second or stuff like that, which can't be changed unless the developers themselves update them to open up the frame rate or stuff like that but with stuff like just cause three and four or red faction gorilla or hitman two you'll see noticeable improvements in the performance and i am excited about that we also got the usable space on the playstation 5 which i think is 640 something gigabytes which not great especially when Call of Duty games which are definitely outliers in terms of being especially large come in at the 130 gigabyte range for the the series line of consoles and the PlayStation 5 I think the current gen what is still current gen for the very short time is around 90 to 100, I think. So, which is kind of funny because I know a lot of people were saying, oh, with the SSD and everything, they're going to be able to better optimize and put out games that are actually smaller in size. And it's at least not the case so far. And that may just be something we see with cross-gen titles. And when games are built from the ground up for 
the new hardware, then we might see that come into fruition. But yeah, the DualSense also is apparently getting a, a lot of, not I was going to say reviews, but I mean, yeah, it is getting reviews, but the common battery life numbers seem to be around 10 hours, which not great, but better than what I feel like the DualShock 4 is. My my feelings about the DualShock 4 is that it comes in somewhere between 6 and 8 hours, depending on I don't know what. But 10 hours is okay. I would have liked 20 plus. I, I don't know what the Switch is. I feel like the Switch goes on forever, except the Switch for me fucking all the time. I try to place it and make sure it's not touching anything, but I feel like there's always a button or something that is getting pressed accidentally, which keeps the controller always active. And then when I'm actually ready to play my Switch, which is very few and far between, the controller doesn't work and I'm just like, okay, fucking, I guess I'm not playing the Switch now. <laughs> but that's just a fucking who gives a shit story. Anywho, that's enough nonsense about consoles that I don't have my hands on as of yet. But I'm very excited to check them out. I think the, well, the first game I'm going to play on the Series X is, of course, going to be Gems of War. Got to check that out. But I think the first game I'm going to play for Attack the Backlog is Doom 2016. And then I I might go back and, I don't know, I might play Just Cause 3 for Attack the Backlog, which would be the first ever case where, yes, I could restart the game from the beginning, but since I don't think it is a game where the the story or the structure really makes much of a difference that going back and losing the four to eight hours of progress I've made, which is basically just in unlocking a few things here and there, maybe clearing out a few cities. I don't think I'd be missing out by doing that. Cause I really, I could not care less about the story and yeah, I, I, I don't even know if the performance is as bad or if it's rocky on the one X. I know that the, the performance for just cause four is definitely a mess, but I don't know if they were able to lock it up with just cause three on the one X, but that is something I'm considering. And then I'll talk about this after I talk about what I've been playing so that you can hear about new games that you might actually care about and and then go into some other stuff. But I've been spending some time just looking at my current installed games on my hard drive because I've definitely been more strict in terms of what I've kept installed as opposed to back when I had three hard drives installed equaling either I think 14 gigabytes of, or 14 terabytes. Yeah, 14 gigabytes. That's going to hold a lot. Uh, You can't even use a storage device unless it's 256 or is it 50 gigabytes? I can't remember. There's There's a certain minimum size that you have to reach. And yeah, 14 gigabytes is definitely not it. But I used to just keep practically everything installed outside of massive games. So I, I had every single like downloadable indie title installed, even though realistically I wasn't going to go out of my way to play them. And with games like those that are maybe a gig or two, I don't have the fastest internet, but I can download them relatively quickly if I want to then start playing them. So I was like, I want to 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 quote our our beloved president i wanted to drain the swamp and you know just so we're clear i'm joking i think donald trump's a piece of shit and that's it i don't even want to talk about it i'm so goddamn sick of it but i'm i'm not looking forward to (laughs) what is going to be a nightmare until january of next year anywho i've been Playing a lot of games to see what I want to keep as a permanent install. Because there are games that I keep installed all the time. And ignoring Gems of War, which is the obvious one. There are just games like Rogue Legacy. I'll probably always keep that installed. It's currently always installed. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this later. 
you want to hear about the games I've been playing, let's start it off with Pumpkin Jack. Pumpkin Jack is a game I have been playing for a while now. I forgot to talk about it last episode. I played it months and months and months ago. I think it was still this year, though, back when they had a demo of it on Steam. And I think the demo was available to everyone. I'm not sure. But I got a code for it for Xbox One after it came out for Xbox One and consoles in general. And it is a 3D platformer where you're playing as this pumpkin head dude. And you have to go do whatever. Like, the story is fine. It's It's got its charmingness to it all. But I didn't really care about it. It was like, whatever. This is enough to give me motivation to do what I'm doing, I guess. And I, I feel like the younger folk would probably get a kick out of it. But I was just like there for the gameplay the mechanics and all that and in that area pumpkin jack is just fantastic it is i i i i don't want to use this word but it is kind of like the perfect type of 3d platformer for me in that it's not overly challenging but is a whole hell of a lot of fun i think there are some people who might find the lack of challenge disappointing because there's no difficulty level. I don't remember picking anything. And it is very, very easy. I think you'd be hard-pressed to run into any point where it's genuinely challenging. The boss fights are fun and require you to do certain things and like to be on your toes, but at no point did I ever feel annoyed or angry or frustrated or that the game was doing something to fuck with me. Like if I made an error, if something happened to me, it was always on me. And those situations rarely happen because the controls are very tight. You So it is a traditional 3D platformer where you're running around, you are jumping onto boxes and reaching other high places. You grab ledges here and there. You have some minecart areas where you're on rails and doing all that jazz. And there's a combat element to it as well, which is pretty simple, but it works really well. It's basically built on the attack, 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 dodge, roll out of the way, attack, 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 dodge, roll out of the way. You also have a crow helper with you who can, one, attack and stun enemies and also take out the weaker enemies, usually the more ranged enemies and he can also interact with the environment with certain things like hitting bridges to knock them over so that he can cross them or breaking pieces of wood when for instance you're on a mining rail and you have to go through these paths and you can't break those things before you get to them so the 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 bird the crow can break them for you and you do all that with the left, bump, the left bumper but mechanically, it's just really solid, feels great. I love the look of it. I love the music, especially in the, the level with all the minecart uh, mine sections. The music for those situations was super fun. And I, I, ha I just am enjoying it so much. I think the, the biggest fault, I'd say, and it's not so much a fault, it's just I like the game so much and I want more reasons to keep coming back to it. The collectible aspect of it is really weak in that there's only one collectible to find in the entire game. These skulls which you use with uh, are currency that you use for purchasing new outfits and I, this is something I hate and I hate this in general in any type of game like this. You don't see what the outfit looks like until you purchase it. So you just see a black silhouette of the outfit. And I hate that because you are earning this currency through exploring the world. The worlds aren't that large or expansive. So it's not like you have to go off the path in any significant way to find these things. Most of them are pretty noticeable. And I would say that unless, like, without really trying hard to look for the collectible skulls, you'll probably end up finding... I, every level, I think, has 20 of them. There's six levels. I would say that you will find just by playing through the level between 16 and 18 
very easily. And then those last two are the ones that you might end up missing. But it sucks to use this currency that you get by finding these items in the levels and then buying something that you realize you don't actually like, which happened with me because the the outfits have their names. So you have an idea of what they're going to look like, uh, or at least the style. And I saw one that was a samurai outfit. I'm like, yes, 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 I want that. The silhouette looks great. And then when I got it, I'm like, this is fucking super plain. I don't like this. I thought it was going to be a better. I thought it was going to be a little cooler than that. And then I bought, I think, the Western one. I was like, this also is better than the samurai one, but I still don't really like it. I kind of just like the main costume, the, the main outfit. But the jumping feels really good. The enemies are okay. I, like there's there's nothing particularly special about them. I do to go back to the boss fights. I do really like the boss fights and the way they're structured. I think they are fun and again not too challenging. And and to me, why I don't want a lot of challenge in a 3D platformer is because I find that you still are always going to run into issues in, in most cases, or, or at least there is always the potentiality of issues with the camera coming into play and screwing things up or depending on how they decide to handle these things where you are unsure of exactly where your placement is. If you, for instance, can't see your shadow when jumping on platforms surrounded by places where you can just fall off. Uh, But uh, yeah, in addition to the regular platforming and combat stuff, You can also, in certain situations, not you can, you have to in certain situations, you take off your head and then you go into these specific smaller rooms and you have to solve a puzzle, whether it's flipping some switches to open a a pathway forward or hitting a bomb around and while doing that, also hitting switches to open the path to hit the bomb and make it to the end goal of blowing up some stuff. But it's just... A very charming game. Yes, Halloween is over, but you don't need to play this on Halloween. It's charming. It looks really great. Love the music. I just think it's super fun to play. It's not going to take you very long. I'd say that a conservative estimate for every level, the six levels, is roughly, and I think there are only six levels. I could be wrong there, but like, I would say that each level takes around 30 minutes if you were taking your time and exploring and trying to find all the collectibles and stuff like that. But I can't recommend it highly enough. I, I've had an absolute blast with it. You know, it, it could sneak its way onto my top 10 though. Again, haven't played that many games from this year. So that might not be saying a lot, but even so I, I still think it's just a, a great 3d platformer. Then stories untold is a, Collection of four short story horror-ish games, experiences. So the way they're structured is that the first short story, which you can play for free in its entirety, I believe, as a demo on PC only, it involves you playing a text adventure in your room and then things start to affect the real world the real world on the game not in our real world and it starts to get really tense and unsettling and creepy and that follows through through all of them you have the second story which follows you on a computer using a computer and then also taking uh, control of this experiment and, and following that the third one is with the microfiche and then the fourth one uh, is a combination of everything that you've experienced up to that point but like it's a, a, a series of these small games and and, and short playthroughs like the, none of these games these these short story experiences these four things are super long and in part because of that, I don't want to talk too much about the actual experience, and I'll just focus on the first one because you can play that for free uh, in the demo. It it does such a good job 
of being unsettling, of setting a mood and an atmosphere with the audio and the writing. It's just a very well-crafted, unique experience that I was very surprised by. And as someone who is a baby and finds stuff that is even remotely related to horror really unpleasant and hard to get through, I was very engaged with the experience. And I did get, I I don't know if I would ever say I was scared, but I was nervous. I was on the edge of my seat. I was tense. I was grating my teeth, not literally. But it was, it was just, it was a unique experience that I really am just glad I was able to partake in. So so the the first one with the the text adventure that you're playing on an old computer type console you are going through this house and it just seems pretty basic you're like okay nothing special here you can't input things individually like you'll have your basic commands like look go to open blah 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 and when you reach a certain point in the text adventure and something happens in there the lights go out in your world and then the text adventure restarts and things are different and things that are happening in the text adventure start happening in your space. Like you you are, in all these games, you are locked to your position. So you are sitting in a chair playing this computer game or sitting in a chair and you can rotate between your computer and the experiment area and the other one etc and you can't move or anything you can just interact with the things you've been allowed to for these different uh, stories Uh, you can zoom in and maybe find clues that way but as you keep playing this text adventure you'll start affecting your world and you'll start hearing things in your world things that are happening in the text adventure and it's just, I, I can't stress enough how, how well done it's all, how well done it all is. And just, I, I, I really was caught off guard by it. I think it's been out there for a little while. Maybe I'm playing on Xbox One. It may have been out on PC for a while, or, or at least just like the first episode. I think the first episode came out a while ago and they just expanded upon it with new experiences in the form of the other the stories. But it's just, something I, 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 again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Like it is something different, something unique. And if you are a fan of those types of experiences, those types of unsettling horror ish experiences, like to me, I, I much prefer this to things that are just jump scares or games with more cheap scares for this it very much so is that mood and atmosphere and that uh, like when you were playing this text adventure and you know you and you know at that point you are affecting your own world you get to a point where you have to think of course you're going to do it because the game would just stop and you'd be like okay i'm done here but you get to the point where you're like i know what i need to do and i got to go do this but if i do that this thing is probably going to happen in my world and I don't want to deal with that. I don't like where that might go. So it's just, it's a very cool experience. Then chicken police is a noir detective game. That is a a mixture of a traditional ish point and click adventure and a visual novel where you can go around in these environments, clicking some stuff, finding items and whatnot, put them in your bag and all that kind of jazz. But then a good chunk of it is talking to other characters and just getting a lot of story through that. And then eventually getting to a point where you can start asking questions and interacting with them and having to do your best to not, like when you are talking to somebody and trying to get information about a case that you're working on or stuff like that you you don't want to scare someone off but you also want to make sure you're getting information out of it so you have to 
find a nice balance between being aggressive in how you're getting your information, but not so aggressive that you shun someone away, turn someone off, uh, and you'll get scored for all of your little chats, your your interrogations, I guess you could call them, with the various characters. And it's all, again, this is like another a good one. It's all really well done. The The writing and the performances hit that noir vibe super well. The visuals are nice and moody and black and white and all that jazz. And it just all comes together to make a really great noir detective experience that is this mixture of point-and-click adventure and visual novel type of stuff. The one issue that may be a problem for some people, this this will either be a selling point or something that turns people away, is that it's a world filled with humans with animal heads. And it it is a little creepy. The The male characters are not too bad because most of them, or a good chunk of them, have clothes or they're, they're wearing clothing that is covering their entire body and a lot of them are wearing gloves but and and some of them have their like sleeves rolled up or whatever so you can see their actual human hands which is just weird but with some of the female characters they're in dresses and you see a lot of exposed skin and when you're able to see that much exposed skin and this slender female figure and then but but more so when you see them in a dress and it's all exposed at the top and you see that point where it transitions from human to animal, it's fucking weird. It is weird looking. It is a little creepy. And even more creepy when they are talking to you and they're doing that kind of noir-ish sensual speech pattern. I don't know. <laughs> it's It's a little weird, but it's not so weird like there's a charm to it as well but i think all the positives outweigh that if that is something that might be a turn off for you it 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 really does pull off the noir vibe very well and i was i i probably most surprised not so much by the writing but by the performances the performances just all really hit the nail on the coffin or whatever the fucking saying is. Um, but yeah, that is Chicken Police, which I think is available on everything. And I think has a subtitle painted red or whatever. But then uh, I played Raji, an ancient epic, which came out on Switch a while ago and has now just made its way to the other consoles. At least it's on Xbox One, which is where I'm playing it. And... I I really like the look of it. It has a pretty pullback camera perspective, third third person camera perspective, like a Diablo esque game, and feels rather Prince of Persia Persia ish Persia Prince Persia ish. It feels rather Prince of Persia ish, but. The problem is, and it's really cool to get a game like this that is dealing with Indian culture, something that I don't think we see that often in games, at least compared to other cultures and whatnot. But the problem is it just isn't fun to play on both the platforming and the combat side. The platforming is okay, but at times can be finicky in that you will be jumping from pole to pole and maybe you just nudge the analog stick ever so slightly, or you don't even think you nudge it, but your character, who I think Raji is the character, your name, because you're a sister looking for her brother, basically. And there are other things going on. Stories, okay. But you can, when jumping from pole to pole, for instance, go off to the side, and then you die, and you have to go back to where you were. And the, the checkpointing seems to be pretty generous in that case. And there are moments when you are doing wall runs or you're doing some cliff jumping or the the things where it just feels like you should have done something, but it didn't exactly go according to plan. And those are frustrating. 
It's not a huge problem because the platforming isn't a significant part of it, at least from what I've played up to what I've played. But where the game really falls apart and just falters and just fails for me is with the combat. Now, I don't think the combat is challenging, but I do think it is pretty boring and is definitely not satisfying at all. But... So the, the combat does give you a fair amount of ways of tackling situations. There's depth there in the combat and what you can do and the way you can interact with the environment for contextual actions that will affect the entire area or, or do area of effect attacks, which is all neat and cool. But in the end, the only strategy you need to incorporate is like in Pumpkin Jack, the traditional attack, 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 dodge roll out of the way, attack, attack, attack. You can jump up against a wall and do a little flip and then do an attack that will probably damage everyone. You can do that. You don't need to. And it's kind of tedious and it, it requires you to pay attention to your environment. And also there are plenty of times where you are in a space where it's like, well, there's nothing for me to jump off because every time you get into a combat encounter you'll get into a little like circular shield fence thing will come up and you won't be able to leave that space until you defeat all the enemies in it. You can also jump up against poles, but you have to make sure that you are angled in the right position and it makes it so that like, why even bother? Because there's a chance that I could be angled in the wrong position and just I'll be wasting my time there. But one of the most frustrating aspects of combat is that for... eh, when you are attacking enemies, a good amount of the time, if you attack an if you attack an enemy, you will break their animation. So their attack against you will be broken when you attack them. But this isn't always the case. There are certain attacks that they will perform that are unbreakable. And this inconsistency makes the combat incredibly frustrating because yes, it's very easy to figure out and to learn when they're setting up for this attack, no matter what I do, I can't break it. They will go through with the attack and I just need to get out of the way. But it makes it so that I am always constantly on edge of maybe them pulling that attack off and and then me getting stuck in an animation or whatever that is too much that I end up not having the time to dodge roll out of the way. It just... There is a lack of fluidity to the combat to keep it from being satisfying. It it never feels like I can get into that flow state with the combat. And there's a lot of combat. That is the primary function of the actions you're doing in the game. You will get new weapons as well. You start off with like this staff thing. And the second weapon you get is a bow and arrow, which is just fucking worthless. I hate it so much because the combat is mostly close quarters combat and even with enemies who are further away who are at a distance that you would have to hit with a ranged weapon you can throw your initial weapon at them like you can throw that weapon so like the bone air just seems like this useless thing that when you are using it with the regular combat with regular enemies you end up just automatically flying towards them like from super long distances. But when you attack them, you will be like magnetized to them, but then you still have to wait to then pull the bow and shoot the arrow. And that could at times be more than enough time for the enemy to land an attack on you before you can attack. But then that that breaks your animation and it's just this fucking nightmare. And there was a point where I couldn't get through a tutorial because I didn't realize they wanted me to use the bow that I just got, which I probably should have just figured out on my own, but it never said, hey, this is for the fucking bow and arrow. And I eventually figured out because I'm like, what am I missing? And then I was looking at the little ghost figure who's doing the action and I saw, oh, they've got this weapon that sucks ass and I would never choose to use, but I have to keep going through all these tutorials for each weapon when you get them. And you have a special power that you use with like the right trigger that is another area effect thing that does a decent amount of damage. But like 
the combat just isn't satisfying. And it's it's a bummer because I think the game looks pretty good. I, I, I like the art direction. I, I like that it's a different type of story than we typically see in games, but it just when it comes down to the most important part of it, it just isn't any fun to play. And that's a bummer. And then the last game I quote unquote played is Airplane Mode, which is a game from AMC. I don't know how many other games AMC I I mean I guess they put out like Walking Dead games on mobile and shit like that probably and maybe the other maybe every walking dead game at this point is amc published or i don't know but this is a flight simulator that's not really a flight simulator where you are a passenger in a plane and yeah there are two flights in it one that's like two and a half hours or something two hours and 20 minutes and then one that's one that's like five and a half hours and it's all in real time. And you just sit there and you think to yourself, oh, maybe maybe this will be fun or funny. Definitely a streaming type of game, a game for streamers. But you're not going to get a lot out of it, even if you're a streamer. I did the, the short flight and my biggest disappointment is how little interactivity there actually is in the game. It, it was really f- disappointing in that sense doesn't look good. Wouldn't expect it to look good because it's just this silly, stupid, whatever meme of a game. But you have... So you're, you're positioned in the the plane. You have a window seat. There are, The people on the plane with you are always randomized. You could end up on a plane with a crying baby throughout the entire flight and you just have to deal with that. And you have a bag with you which has inside it a pair of headphones, a sketchbook that you can draw on with a pen, and then a book, some old book that is, you know, royalty-free or whatever, and that's why it's in the game. And a few, like, I'm sure royalty-free movies. You have one Bugs Bunny cartoon, and then three old movies from, like, the 1900s and up until I think maybe like the 1940s, uh, the three movies. Uh, You have a few games on the computer in the the back of the seat. You have Solitaire and Blackjack. I think that's it. And you have a phone where you can take pictures and uh, what else can you do with it? There's some podcasts in it, some unique, uh, some original podcasts on it, which are kind of fun. But you're just not allowed to do enough stuff. And it's disappointing. And even with some of the stuff you can do, nobody reacts to it or gives a shit. And I'm like, this fucking sucks. Uh, you also have in your bag a some sleeping pills. I think it's a pack of eight. It's either eight or ten. And I don't know anything about sleeping pills. And, you know, what's too much? And what happens when you take them? Okay? I've never taken a sleeping pill. I know they've been used for not good things, you know, just to not beat around the bush for suicide. And I'm not saying that the game should allow me to kill myself, but I was curious what would happen if I ate all of them, if I took all of the sleeping pills. And all that happened on the two and a half hour flight was that I woke up halfway through the fight, halfway through the flight, and I was fine. And I don't know if that is accurate. I feel like that wouldn't be accurate because I feel like taking all of those pills would either make me sleep longer than just an hour, give or take, and maybe, 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 maybe it's Maybelline. What the fuck's wrong with me? Maybe it would have been something worse than that. But the game doesn't want to go down that path, I guess. And again, I don't know if that's enough to do that and I don't, you know, I, I like it, I, I don't want to start talking about suicide. Really, it was just something I, w- I was curious what would happen. Nothing happened. I turned all the air conditions and lights on in my seat. Nobody gave a shit. The, you know, the the people around you, the other customers, they don't fucking give a shit. You can't interact with them. I 
looked at, like I, I saw what my seat number was and I tried to use the in-flight messaging system to chat with some of the other customers, the other the other passengers. And all of them were like, nope, do not disturb. They all have their do not disturb thing set up. So I can't, like you have this chat system, but I don't know if there's a point where I can actually chat with somebody or maybe that'll be updated like in the future. Like I don't, I'm not sure if this is an early, I don't think it was an early access thing. I'm not sure. Maybe it is. And that could be why this is the case. But you have this chat system that you can't fucking use. You can't interact with any of the other passengers, even the the person who's sitting next to you. You can look at them. You can take pictures of them. I use my camera on my phone to take pictures of the person sitting next to me over and over and over and over again, waiting for a reaction. No reaction. Also, there was like maybe a 30 picture limit on the phone. And then it was just like, nope, you can't take any more pictures. There, there's, it's just a not game that exists to be this silly, weird, meme experience that fails because you're not actually able to do anything. And even with the stuff like when you are, I, I don't know if it has VR support, but like when you get a drink from the flight attendant, you hold and I'm, I was playing with mouse and keyboard, you hold the left click to drink it, but you can't like move it around. Really. Like I want to be able to take that drink and throw it in the passenger's face next to me and see if something happens. Even if nothing happened and they just sat there and were just now wet, that would still be more than what the game allows me to do. And that's just the real bummer of the thing is just that like, there is nothing to do of any interest in it. I just at some point left the game running and then opened up my Chromebook and started working on some scripts, did some checking on my phone. I, I, I was just, you know, browsing the internet on my phone. I was just like, I guess that's what this game is for. You leave it running and you you just hope that maybe something will happen because maybe there will be some turbulence. Or something else will happen, or the the food cart will come around, and you'll be able to eat some food, and not just your your pretzels. I ate four pretzels, and then I drank my I gulped my little plastic cup of wine, and then I was like, now fucking what? Solitaire game sucked ass to control. the The game teased me by having like you have a little cursor on screen, a little white dot, and when it's yellowish is when like it's telling you, you can interact with this. It teased me by turning yellowish when I scrolled over to my fellow passengers drink, but I couldn't pick it up and steal it from them, which very, which is, it bothered me a lot. I was very upset by that, but it's just, it, it is a game that is, it's only reason for existing is to be this funny silly experience but it fails to even be that and because of that i just i cannot recommend it to anyone i think if you if you look at this and you're like that sounds like it could be a fun silly waste of however much time like just to play it once or twice or you know multiple like the the things will be different even if it's very slightly every time you you fly it just it lacks the interactivity, the randomization, the it, it it just isn't any it just isn't interesting. It's uh got nothing really going for it, so that's a bummer. And like again, I I wasn't expecting it to look good or anything, or the animations to be that good. Some of the character animations are super weird when. The guy sitting next to me was waiting for the flight attendant to give him his drink. He raised both his hands, his his arms. He you know bent at the elbow and had the elbows to his side, pressed against his side, and his hands just kind of dangling down, like he was a T Rex. 
And I was looking at him the whole time, uh, waiting until he would move. And I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? What is wrong with you? Why, why, why is he like that? Why in like, I'm sure that they know, the developers know that they made him do that. It's fucking weird. And I, like, I guess maybe that is something that I was like, oh, this is funny because it's fucking not right. But there isn't enough of even that in the game. Like, if the, if the game was just super broken and had all these weird, janky things that you could fuck around with, f- that would be fun in a way. But it's it's not broken enough or, or weird enough to be interesting. And you can't do enough for it to be interesting. It's just a very hollow experience. So maybe they'll update it and make it into something better over time. But where it is right now, I absolutely do not recommend it. That is that is it in terms of what I've been playing. To go back to what I was talking about at the top of the show, or like nearest the top of the show, I, I have been going through and playing games on my Xbox One to see what I would want to keep as an always installed game. And one of the games I played was Watch Dogs 2. And... I I really wasn't enjoying my time with it. I don't know if it's because I was jumping into it not in the middle like in the middle of where I left off, but not in the middle of the game or anything. And that lack of context and being thrown into it with all these different abilities and ways of interacting with the world left me a little confused or it was just a lot to take in. It was a bit overwhelming. And I forgot about the fact that it's just unlike other open worlds where you are in it, but not over like when you were playing watchdogs, you were going to see all these contextual menu prom and prompts all over the place that are telling you like, Oh, press this button now and you can interact with this part of the environment or press this button. You're looking at this person and you could do one of these things to them. You can have them, you can like, adjust their police record or whatever so that the cops will come and attack them right now. You can steal money from like, there are all these things that are constantly popping up on screen. And it's just like, I kind of just want to mess around or just kind of explore and, and drive around for now. But you keep just shoving all this shit in my face, which it, I mean, that's what the game is all about. So that's not the fault of the game, but it just was kind of boring. The driving is not good. The, the the driving physics and everything just do not feel good. The on-foot controls are fine, but I just couldn't get into it. And so I, I deleted it, but it also made me significantly less interested in picking up Watch Dogs Legions or Watch Dogs Legion anytime soon. And then there were a few others that I ended up deleting. Sniper Elite 4, I was like, yeah, it's okay but I don't feel like I need this on here. I still have Yakuza 0, even though I've already beat it, but I'm like, at some point, I'm going to replay that. I'm going to do it on the Xbox so I can get all those achievements, and I just I want 100% that game. But I could probably get rid of that at some point. Um, deleted Sea of Thieves because it is a game I really want to get into. I fucking love how it looks. It just It's such a beautiful game. The water is never short of breathtaking to look at. Like It's just such a, it, The water is so fucking beautiful in that game. But I don't like playing. Like, it's a beautiful world, but there's just nothing to fucking do in it. And I'm sure playing with other people would be more fun. And when I played with my friend, I had fun. But I, I had fun because I was just fucking with him and being a dick the whole time and drank my ass off would vomit in my bucket so that I could throw my vomit at him. And it only annoyed the shit out of him. He did not enjoy that. He was annoyed as hell, uh, as one would be if their friend just kept getting drunk and then trying to vomit on them or throw buckets of vomit on them. And yeah, I, like, may, I think that the problem is I really have no interest in naval combat. I want a world that's interesting to explore uh, to explore with 
treasure to find and just I want to I want to find things. I want to interact with other NPCs or see animal. I I don't give a shit about pirate combat. It does nothing for me. I've never given a shit about it. Like when I'm thrown into these beautiful worlds, I want a reason to explore the world. And that is where Sea of Thieves is really lacking. You know, it, it, it is much more so it, seemingly to me as someone who's played very little of it about that interaction with other players and how that goes. You know, I, I, you know there's probably tension and, and, and excitement, enjoyment that comes out of the, the chase, the, the wonder of whether or not this person you are running into is going to do anything. That is another game I deleted. But uh, yeah, this has this is ended up being a longer episode than I was expecting. So I think I'm going to just wrap it up. Uh, a new Attack the, the Backlog episode will be live on Sunday. Probably will be Anthem. But I, I, I may, if I put a, together the video for these things, uh, put one of these before it. Because I'm, I'm scrapping, scrapping the Attack the Backlog mini idea for the, the whatever, for episodes. And I'm just counting everything as Attack the Backlog episodes. And that way, yeah, some episodes will be about shorter games. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. And then for off weeks, potentially, like this is still all up in there. Because like this is all just stuff I do on the side. But the the second runs thing that I've been wanting to do that I, I have done, uh, or at least I wrote the script for one episode of it for The Last of Us, the original Last of Us. Uh, as, as something where I revisit games that I liked in the past to see how I feel about them now, to to have that be an off-week series every now and again. But in addition to Anthem, in the, the can script-wise, got Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Undertow, the <laughs> Untitled Goose Game, and then The Last of Us Left Behind. So... One of those might come before Anthem. They have a little shorty before uh, the big boy that is Anthem. But yeah, a new episode will be live on the old Sunday. And so, yeah. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about the new consoles. And I'm excited to get back to some more media attack the backlog gaming. But uh, that will... That will do it. And to just go back to writing scripts and all that jazz, I am still very much so in love with my Google Pixelbook Go. I, I think it is such a delight to write on. The battery life is fantastic. I love the form factor. It is just, it is a wonderful, wonderful Chromebook that is definitely overpriced. I got it cheap with some reward points, a gift card I had, and I got an open box excellent version or whatever that cut the price. So I, I got it significantly cheaper than what it usually goes for. But yeah, I, I, it's hard to recommend it just because when you look at it and compare it to similar Chromebooks spec-wise, it just, it does not, it does not follow <laughs> But uh, the overall build quality, like everything, like it just, it's a great machine. And, and no, like with Apple or whatever, like you're paying for that, I don't know, that premiumness of it all. Anywho, that will really do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. I just remembered one, I'll finish this. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, like I just mentioned, and on Amazingly Baca, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. <laughs> the episode of Mon- the the episode of on Amazingly Baca this weekend will be uh, <laughs> very interesting. And if you're a listener, you'll know why. If you're not, you probably won't care even if you do listen to only that episode. But there, there was a, a hiccup for me. <laughs> And I'm not gonna fix it. So yeah. It'll it'll be a thing. 
Uh, you can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. Now, before I really wrap things up, one, I'm thinking about taking the scripts for Attack the Backlog episodes and then putting them out at some point later in the week, you know, and I'm, I'm going to retroactively do this if I make this decision and putting them out on the site in the written form and just calling them reviews or whatever uh, so that people can read the the text if they want, if, there's, if they just prefer reading over, you know, watching or listening. And also because who knows, maybe that'll uh, bring in more clicks as well gotta do whatever you can for them clicks right but i was thinking that i might i might do that you know i'll probably do a few editorial changes structurally to the 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 scripts even though i I do keep them pretty structured like a a normal piece I, i don't like write them all weird or anything but uh the thing i wanted to talk about that uh isn't important to anyone really but me is that my my hard drive where I keep all my movies for my Plex server failed or it started to fail a few days ago. I was watching something and then it stopped playing. I was like, okay, maybe it just needs some time to buffer or whatever and it'll be fine. And then it didn't happen. And then I, I spent a long time trying to figure out what was going on. And then every time I tried accessing the hard drive, my computer would lock up uh, like I, w- I would be able to access browsers and stuff like that but windows explorer would just stop working I, I wouldn't be able to open up the task manager or anything like that and eventually the taskbar or whatever the hell it's called would just disappear and i would have to turn off my uh, computer you know, by holding the power button and, and reboot it that way. And so I got real concerned that I wasn't able to, wasn't going to be able to save any of the stuff, but it seems like it's all going fine. And I've been in the process over the last day and a half. It, it should be done tonight uh, of transferring everything to a new hard drive. So it was a scary situation, but everything seems a okay at this point. And it, you know, it's just, a, it's a tedious thing because these are just mechanical hard drives and I'm transferring a little over 1200 movies on them so yeah taking taking its sweet ass time and getting done but uh it'll it'll get done soon and then everything will be a okay anywho that is again it and all thank y'all for listening i hope you enjoy this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and Ah!